updates. Huh. I see. All right. Well, hey, welcome back to Talking to Unicorns. I am Carlos, and today we have Mr. Dave. How are you, sir? Doing great, Carlos. Pleasure to meet you here today. Likewise, likewise. Happy Thursday. We, are, we almost made it. We have one more day until Friday, TGIF. I can't wait. Uh, but today we have, um, we have you taking your time to talk to us. And on top of that, we also have the NFL draft going on. <laughs> and uh, I'm not sure if anyone else is a, is a football head, but uh, this is going to be an interesting one because what we are facing with the quarantine, you know, this is not your typical uh, draft where every, everything's being done, what we're doing right now by Zoom. Um, so uh, interesting enough, but we're glad to have you here. We're glad to spend, uh, that you, uh, decide to spend some time with us. Um, just, you know, starting off here, tell us a little bit about yourself, introduction, the whole hoopla, go over, you know, you know with the timeline when you decided, Hey, I want to be a recruiter Yeah, and go from there. Absolutely. Pleasure to be here. Thanks, Carlos. And yeah, I, I need to check that draft after this and uh, see what's going on. It's, uh, with the new normal, right, on Zoom. So uh, yeah, a little bit about myself here. I've been in talent acquisition for about seven years now. Um, I got my start in on the agency side of things, primarily in accounting and finance search. And uh, actually was working on 100% commission, cold calling and building a book of business there. Um, you know, within a couple of years of doing that, realized, you know, the end all goal would to be go uh, internally in-house into a corporate environment and really you can be part of a growing team and, and see talent develop right in front of your eyes, which is really, uh, really amazing. So now fast forward to today, uh, last three years have been in-house. I moved up to the Bay Area about two and a half years ago, and uh, it's been a fantastic journey. Um, what got me in my start is pretty unique. I actually was looking back, I want to say in 2011, I was considering going uh, for my MBA, and I stumbled upon a report on UC Irvine's website saying accounting finance talent was going to be in a in high demand and the, the amount of graduating talent was not gonna be uh, in balance with, with the needs of the market. Uh, I kind of utilized that to maybe take a chance. Um, I actually cold called into an agency and, uh, and I got a meeting and, and kind of got my start there. So kind of, kind of unique, but uh, it's been great so far. And uh, yeah, again, really excited to be here and, uh, and discuss everything with you. Wow. Wow. Well, what a journey you've had. So like you cold called yourself to get into, you know, you kind of like recruited, like, you know, you did your, basically your own uh, recruitment in a way where you called in and you're like, Hey, uh, are you guys gonna, are you guys, do you guys have any positions open? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I, I saw that they had positions in Los Angeles. I was in Orange County at the time. And um, yeah, I just called in and I got a, I got a meeting with the managing director and I uh, ended up working with them for four years after that. That's a great initiative. Great initiative. Uh, yeah. hey, my question now, so like you said, the norm, right? This is what we're facing for the past two and a half months, it seems like. Um, how has that uh, impacted you from uh, your standpoint? You know, going from probably going to the office every day or every other day to not going to the office at all. Uh, you're now at home, probably stress-free environment a little bit, you know, and, 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 and working from home. How, how, are, how, how has your, your experience been? Yeah, I think personally it's been, it's been a, a little bit challenging at the start, right? Just needed to get my home office set up. Um, 
and uh, you know, working remote for, for almost two months now, right? It's gone by really quick. Um, I think the most important aspect of there is just making sure uh, to make sure you have work-life balance and take a break because you can basically wake up and start working immediately, right? When you're working remote. Um, I've had ex some experience earlier in my career working re uh, remote as well. So I adapted fairly quick, but I think most importantly is just getting a proper uh, workstation going and then making sure uh, I stay on some type of schedule, right? Making sure I take my lunch breaks and, and make sure I'm staying healthy, eating well, getting enough exercise, everything like that. I, I completely understand. I feel like, uh, you know, taking those breaks, like you said, uh, that, that balance between making sure like, you know, you have to deal with work and then you have to deal, you know, with your, your personal stuff. When you're at home, I feel like it can be a little bit dangerous because you're only a few steps away from the kitchen. And the next thing you know, you know, it's like, oh, I'm hungry. I'm going to go see you. I'm going to go get myself a snack. And then you find yourself walking to the kitchen maybe 10, 15 times uh, a day now. And you get <laughs> but other than that, I mean, yeah, like you said, as long as you're able to adapt, and I think adaptability is very important in, 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 this, in this type of field. What is your take on what type of skills um, you know, unique skills, uh, that someone who aspires to be a recruiter, uh, is looking to develop or, or uh, should have. Yeah. I think a big foundation right here is going to be time management skills, right? Uh, keeping yourself accountable, setting clear goals for yourself, uh, looking at your metrics and, and really just setting a timeline, right? So you can see what success looks like, but making sure you have a plan in place, whatever that might be. Time management, definitely. And uh, like, like I said in the past, it doesn't only translate in your professional career, but it also translates very well to your personal career. Once you develop a nice little time management system where you, you, know, you can uh, navigate your, your professional life, you'll find that your, your, your uh, personal life actually becomes very uh, organized as well. I absolutely agree. Yeah, it's, they, they go hand in hand. My, um, so how have you been able to develop your time management? How, how, like what, what's, what, um, what have you done in order to, um, you know, develop further develop, uh, your time management skills and, uh, and have you seen a change from when you have begun to where you at now? Yeah, absolutely. I think one of the biggest things, um, and the advice I can give on that, on that part, um, is, is time blocking, right? Setting up certain times of day where you know you're going to allocate uh, your efforts to, to very specific tasks, right? Uh, whether that's having initial phone calls or introductory phone calls or setting up time for sourcing or administrative uh, efforts, uh, being able to divide it so you can get yourself into a cadence and a rhythm, right? If, if you don't have that, you can often spin your wheels. Um, the days can blur together, but if you get into a rhythm um, and start repeating that, it, it makes it a lot easier. And then you said that you are a one man show right now, correct? Correct. Yes. I am. Uh, I'm at the helm right now and I'm, I'm wearing multiple hats. Wearing multiple hats. So, so time management needs to be to the, like to the nth degree right now with you. Absolutely. Yeah. This is uh, probably the first time I have gone at, gone at it like this by myself. And it's just to start as we scale. Um, I recently joined Umnitsa as a head of talent and started first week of March, actually. Uh, we just secured our Series A funding, uh, which hasn't been announced publicly yet, but uh, will be shortly. 
Um, first thing I did was, was get an applicant tracking system implemented in uh, my second week. So I know it was going to be a challenge to not only source and conduct interviews, but build all the structure from the ground up. So uh, having a good scheduling tool is your best friend, right? And uh, been great so far, but uh, really, really uh, thankful that I was able to get that going there. Well, let me tell you, congratulations on on all your endeavors with, with the company, with Omnitsa. We're going to discuss Omnitsa here soon, but, you know, just off the bat, con- congrats. And, and with everything that you're doing, you know, being at one person show, I, I really want, I am really intrigued with how you are able to manage your day. Give me, give me a uh, rough look of how your day looks as, as the person running the show. Yeah. So, you know, right off the bat, uh, adapting, and this kind of goes back to your first question too. Uh, as an executive team, we are meeting on Zoom every single morning at 8.30 a.m. Uh, for 30 minutes to discuss everything that's happening in the company, right? So internal communication, uh, and again, developing that, that internal uh, cadence, right? Getting on the rhythm. So we've been really good there. But personally speaking, you know, I need to allocate uh, time to review new applicants in the morning, uh, to make sure I'm getting everybody scheduled accordingly as well, uh, which usually I have supportive recruiting coordination, but you know, setting myself up for success there, uh, following up with anybody who's currently in process and constantly making to-do lists, right? Uh, to stay on top of things and then blocking off my calendar and how I'm going to prioritize and tackle my objectives with, uh, with just over 10 headcount currently as well. And are you looking to expand? Um, is it, what, what's the plan for, for you now as, a, as the head of re- recruiting right now? Are you looking to expand or, or where do you go from now, from there? Currently, we're, we're just at around 22 employees and uh, the goal is to hire about 10 to 12 um, employees that admit uh, here um, in the next 30, 60, 90 days. And obviously wait for this pandemic to hopefully subside or uh, show some signs of improvement uh, as we're flattening this curve, right? Uh, but if all goes well and, and we can sustain this, then uh, ideally we're going to uh, from 30 to 40 employees there, right? And I'll be able to, to start uh, building and scaling a team here uh, accordingly. Very nice. Very nice. Um, and like you said, like once hopefully once this pandemic blows over, you know, and we're slowly start to get back into whatever we deem normal now <laughs> we will get to see the, the wheel spinning and we get to see you know uh more and more access to going you know uh of uh of well folks who are looking for jobs and as well as recruiters and everything going back into it um so and now um uh, as a recruiter when you look at applications or when you look at resumes what are you looking for as a person who you you know you are you are the director of 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 talent right there what are you looking for what what pops out for you yeah i mean personally speaking i think it's a little bit different for everybody right and looking at a resume can be really difficult because it's it's a piece of paper uh, versus a person right um i really like to see a combination of you know, both professional and creative and, and just balance across the board, right? And um, I like to think outside the box. So I will have conversations if somebody's not exactly uh, on the specifications, um, still be open-minded and, and use that as an opportunity to maybe plant seeds for the future, right? So I always keep a very open mind. But if that really comes down to, you got to make sure your job description is well-written, right? So that you can have more efficient conversations. Um, so that's really important, right? To have a good start, put your start off on the right foot. 
Definitely, definitely. And like you, like you said, you're just basing off of paper, and then but you really want to go deeper than that. You want to have conversation with the applicant. You want to get to know them. You want to see like what you know what they are like, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it's all about that introductory conversation, having an open mind. Uh, you know, one kind of uh, philosophy I have is that you need to build relationships for the long term as well. And I've, I've learned that now um, over the last seven years, right? Not, not every applicant can get the, the single opening if it's only one headcount available. So, you know, you have to keep an open mind and uh, think about long term. I think that's the best advice for everybody, both uh, as a recruiter and as an applicant, right? And, and the more that you kind of engrave into that philosophy, I think uh, you start to attract those type of people into your network and, and they realize, okay, this, uh, you know, let's look at this as for the long term as well. And, and, I, and I, I'm glad that you brought that up because networking is super important in this field. What is your, what, what's your take on networking and how do you approach it? Yeah, it's, it's very different for everybody. Everybody has their own approach. I personally uh, love to be networking, you know, both when I'm working and when I'm not working, it all kind of blends together. So wherever I am, wherever I'm going, there's always conversations to be had. Um, and keeping open mind and, ex and building out your network, right? So it, it's really fantastic when it all starts to click and work together. Um, sometimes it takes a little bit of time, but the more you do it, uh, the more it all starts to, to become cohesive and a natural feeling. And, and then that's what it is, is being open. Are, are you, I'm, I'm sure you're using LinkedIn, correct? And then as a, as a way to like, I think that's the number one networking um, tool that's available to us. Uh, like how, how are, do you find yourself spending countless amounts of hours on, on LinkedIn and, and browsing it? And how do you navigate LinkedIn? Yeah. LinkedIn has been a phenomenal tool and I've been utilizing it, um, you know, for over seven years. I've, I've, I've been fortunate enough to sit on. Hold on. Sorry. Yvonne. Sorry about that. <laughs> Sorry, uh, you, you didn't have your mute on, so. Perfect. Are we good to go? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, I, I'd say I've been fortunate to sit on um, a lot of personalized um, LinkedIn trainings over the years at all the companies I've been at and always really deep dive in there. Um, to maximize, uh, you know, capabilities on LinkedIn Recruiter, right? And so just continuously honing that and asking questions like, am I doing this the best of my ability? Is this the way that it was intended to be utilized? And so, you know, fast forward to today, um, you know, it, it's really like power sourcing. How many profiles, how many candidates can you look at? How, you know, how many searches can you put together that are effective? How can you diversify your search strings? And, and how long does it take you to actually legitimately source talent, right? Um, and taking your time to really look at if a candidate is ideal for an opportunity now or in the future for what you're looking for. So uh, I typically do like something like 12,000 profile reviews in a year, a uh, thousand a month, which is a healthy number. And it's something I've been kind of uh, ongoing, uh, on an ongoing basis, I'm looking at like how my metrics are just from the sourcing aspect to make sure uh, I'm putting in the effort and time, um, you know, from the start. Wow. Wow. So basically uh, a thousand profile views a month because you said 12, right? Yeah. Uh, get, 
yeah, give or take, right? Give or take, if, depending on, 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 on what's happening that month. That is a lot of profile views. That is, that, that, but that's amazing that you are able to keep going. And so that leads me to the next one. It's like motivation, right? Because I'm sure there are times, you know, throughout the year where you are just, you're, you're beat. You know, you're, you're beating and you're feeling like, you know, like, oh man, like you need to really dig deep and try to just keep moving forward. What is your motivation to keep going? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question, Carlos. It's uh, that motivation that, you know, when you're first getting started in recruiting and talent acquisition, I mean, it's absolutely a grind. And some of the best advice I was given earlier in my career, it's, it's a marathon, not a sprint, Right. You have to have a work-life balance. You need to constantly be looking at your goals. If something's not working, you need to reiterate and see how you can improve that. Otherwise, you're going to be spinning your wheels. But, you know, there can be times where things will go a month, two months, even three months where things are not going your way. But if you keep at it and, uh, you know, you constantly learn and challenge yourself, once you find success, you can always remember that every day is a new day. You need to treat those days, uh, you know, start fresh. And, and stick to your plan and just continue executing. Things start to fall into place, uh, but you need to have a nice foundation and you need to learn how to replicate that for when the times get rough. Love that, love that. Just keep on going, right? Just keep moving because you never know when, when it's gonna be an, a turnaround for you. you. never know. Every day is a new opportunity and it doesn't matter if you had an amazing day yesterday, you start fresh, you, you've gotta hit it hard every day, but then you've gotta take time for yourself as well. And if something's not working, slow down for a second and think, okay, maybe I'm not doing this the best way, right? Maybe there's a way to improve my process or my messaging or uh, my time management. There's always room for improvement. And so constantly be able to figure out um, how to work smart and efficiently so you don't get burned out. Exactly. And then, so in those times where, you know, we, we, when you are feeling a little demotivated, when you are feeling stuck, who do you turn to? Yeah, who or what or who? Yeah. Depending on the company, depending on the situation, obviously, you know, having a very strong relationship with your with your colleagues, with your peers and your manager, um, having open communication about where things are at. And I think, uh, you know, this might sound silly, but I'll turn to data, right? Uh, data never lies. So looking at the metrics and again, saying, okay, am I doing everything I need to be doing? Uh, if you're doing everything you should be doing, just try to improve it a little bit and uh, things should fall into place for you. And then and and that's what and that's exactly like so we're we're talking about like you know facing challenges you know going in day day in day out and facing countless amounts of challenges and you said you just you've been with Omnitsa just recently right what has been challenges that you have faced when you first started out going uh in uh, with Omnitsa yeah i think so far it's been great it's been a fantastic experience you know i was in the office for only a week and then went remote in my second week uh, so just, you know, at least got to meet some people face to face right off the bat. But, uh, you know, it's we've all been working remotely now. So that's been a unique challenge uh, to keep the motivation and excitement and the communication. But it's been great. You know, the technology that we have today that we have growing up, uh, fortunate to have like Zoom and Slack and Google Suite and everything on one one platform. Right. So um, it's been good, you know. Yeah, no, definitely. And, and I agree with you right there. Like just having Zoom in this moment, you know, it's, I mean, granted we had Skype before, right? But I don't feel like Skype had the same capabilities as what Zoom is giving us today. Imagine if we were, if we were in the, 
early 2000s and this was to happen, the challenges that folks had to face during that time. I mean, technology has advanced so far and I'm just glad that we are able to see how, you know, how people are able to react and how people are able to overcome um, these type of dire situations. So, so kudos on that for just being in the office, in office one week, and then the rest of your, of your time has been all remote. So kudos on that. And then what has been resources that has helped you get to where you, you are at now? Yeah, I think it's a combination of things over my career, right? Uh, when I started on the agency side, um, you know, almost seven years ago, uh, one of the things I did over there was uh, become certified uh, with the CSC, which is Certified Search Consultant. And that was uh, provided by the firm I was at. But it was a great learning experience. It really dug into like legalities, compliance, contracts, uh, really opened your eyes about, you know, labor laws and, uh, you know, conducting ethical interviews and things like that. So I think it's absolutely important to make sure you're always um, up to date on the most current laws and changes and just best practices, right? Um, so that was really fantastic off the bat. The LinkedIn seminars and training, you know, they have a lot of great content available um, that you can download and learn at your own pace. Um, and beyond that too, now as I've uh, kind of developed in my career and, and come up to the Bay Area, um, I, was, I was fortunate enough to get some exposure and utilize a, a software platform called Eightfold AI. I'm giving them a little plug here, but uh, they use artific artificial intelligence and machine learning to help remove bias from, uh, from a large pool of candidates. And uh, they're doing a lot of great things with talent intelligence. So really disrupting the, the, the marketplace of, of hiring. And uh, they're actually putting together some neat programs right now to help people who are looking for work as well. Wow, nice. Definitely. That's, like I said, technology has, been, has, gone, has advanced so much that I'm glad that we were able to take advantage of it. Um, going off of resources, uh, and, and you said that, you know, the LinkedIn workshops and whatnot, is there anything right now that you utilize like a uh, podcast or books, anything that you are currently reading um, that, ha that helps you give you, a, you know, add tools into your toolkit? Yeah. So something on an ongoing basis, um, which has been really fantastic and to, to constantly keep me in the loop of what's going on is is kind of partnering up with some of the different applicant tracking systems in the market today. And, uh, uh, you know, I'm, I opted to utilize Lever, for example, but uh, there's also Greenhouse and Jobbyte and some other great tools out there. They're constantly hosting webinars uh, with industry leaders and talent, uh, open forums and webinars and things like that. So I always do my best to participate with those and then uh, make sure I have a peer collective that's in there as well. So we're constantly learning, constantly growing. And in terms of just, uh, you know, constantly reading. I'm not reading any specific books right now. I probably should be. Um, I'm watching a lot of CNN every single night, that's for sure. Uh, but I think just my overall LinkedIn network being connected to a lot of uh, talent acquisition professionals, my LinkedIn feed has become amazing. Um, I have about 4,500 contacts that I've built uh, pretty diversified in the last decade. And just always looking at articles. I spend the majority of my time browsing uh, when I do have some spare time to make sure I'm a uh, just absorbing and learning as much as possible in talent. Great, great. And then, so we're, we'll go from, you know, how you've used your resources to now going to your experience and what you have seen. Um, from your experience, what is the most common reason for people giving up in the recruiting space? Yeah, that's, it's a tough, it's a tough business, right? And especially when we're in a pandemic, um, 
when I first started out um, and went through training, I think, you know, everybody's in the room, it was said that, you know, one out of three people here will remain after a year. You know, it's a 33% success rate. And that was really daunting. So I figured, okay, what can I do to make ensure that I'm one of those people? Um, and that, uh, again, comes back to, to making sure that you're setting realistic goals, uh, efficiently using your time. You know, sometimes you need to put some elbow grease and, uh, and put in more hours, but that's not always the best way because, again, you, you risk burnout, right? But you need to set a high bar for yourself. A lot of times when you're working in talent, as a, uh, talent, acquisition, uh, talent acquisition and recruiting, um, you know, you're going to be working along software engineers who code through the night. You'll be working with top accounting finance professionals who put in crazy hours for month end close. So, you know, you need to roll up your sleeves and, and work at their level, but just at a, a different functionality, right? And at the end of the day, there's a ton of, uh, ton of hard work that goes into talent acquisition. There's never enough time ever. There's always more to be done. It really never ends. So it's, it's the time management and structure, right? Um, and again, just looking on a weekly, monthly basis, making sure you can reflect and utilizing that data to keep yourself accountable and constantly improve to figure out how you're going to you know, prioritize efficiently and work smart. And that's, and that's solid advice for anyone looking to get into the, to, and that honestly answered to my question. I was like, what advice would you give for someone who is trying to get into the recruiting? You, you just answered it right there. Um, so that leads to the next question of, uh, and then my, I, I love this question because I, this is what I ask all, all my, my guests is if you can turn back the time, and talk to your 18 year old self, what would you tell him? Yeah, back to the marathon and not a sprint. That, that never, never leaves uh, my well being, right? It's, uh, you, you gotta pace yourself and, uh, and always keep optimistic and treat each day like a new day, right? Really believe that, keep yourself accountable, have a plan, work your plan. Um, I think one thing that is, would have been really helpful for me, right? is to understand all the different career paths that can be obtained from talent acquisition. You can go more uh, into an operational side uh, standpoint. You can get more into human resources. Um, you can also get into talent operations and start looking at things uh, on the analytical side and, and people space, right? So knowing uh, beyond just recruiting and talent acquisition, what your strengths and interests are really and setting a plan on that and then doing things to help support that, I think is really important. Um, I started doing that a couple of years ago. I started getting more into uh, creating dashboards and visualizations with Tableau, um, using data analytics, right? Creating uh, powerful metrics. And so that's a useful tool. It, it adds value and it really starts to give more uh, value to what we do as, as a function, right? Um, another thing as well is just getting more into HR and that can be challenging sometimes, but other certifications out there that you can get started and just, you know, will complement very well uh, to your talent acquisition career. So I think the biggest thing is really understanding what your long-term goal is and what else can you do um, to supplement uh, your, your recruiting career, right? It, it really helps and finding out what, uh, what motivates and drives you can really, I think, make for, uh, for a fruitful career. Spoken, spoken like a true professional right there. And then, so here's a, here's an interesting question that I wanted to pose to you uh, because there are a lot of job seekers and there are folks who, um, you know, are coming out of university, coming out of college, like, like you have uh, probably. And when we look at job postings, there are entry level and experience required. 
those are to be those are in my opinion two completely different things correct yeah absolutely right it says entry level one to two years experience required it's like uh well the job description was probably not written accurately right and, and exactly and 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 that's where I, where i'm aiming at because you const you constantly see job description job postings where it says entry level but then in in the body it does say two years experience how can you as as you know as a as the director of of recruiting right here um what what would you what would you do in 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 that case so would you you know at the entry entry level because it does uh it does kind of demotivate you know new college grads to apply and and so what would you tell them to uh in order to you know surpass that yeah i mean obviously utilize and leverage your network as much as possible right um your your conversion ratios of just having conversations um, will be tremendously greater if you have some type of introduction, whether it is even a cold outreach, right? So supplement and diversify your application strategy, right? Uh, you know, I've been there myself as a candidate several times in my career, uh, even when I graduated, right? It, it, it doesn't make it any easier in a pandemic, but you have to stay absolutely persistent. And it's similar to kind of what I described starting every single day. Uh, being absolutely as optimistic as possible. You never know when something's going to go your way. And we have an am amazing technology to support that. Uh, but we are, you know, realistic right, uh, realistically right now, I mean, one out of six Americans has been laid off. It's going to be challenging for everybody, uh, but it's, it's going to be similar to recruiting. You've got to break through the noise, uh, stay optimistic, to stay persistent, set goals about how you're going to uh, look at your application strategy. And, uh, I mean, it's a good exercise, uh, honestly, to be in the job market right now if you are thinking about getting recruiting because it's, it's not going to be any different once you get into the function. Thank you so much for, that, for answering that. I am going to open up the, the floor now, and I'm going to let anyone who, who has any questions, please pop up, open up your camera, <laughs> and uh, let's, ask, uh, <laughs> uh, let's, uh, let's ask Dave some questions, some, some great questions here. Awesome. Oh, go ahead, Jackson. Oh, no, please go ahead. Go ahead. After you. <laughs> okay. Um, Jackson, this is Chris here. Uh, my camera is not on, but yeah, I can see you and all. Um, one of the requirements I see on job descriptions is uh, experience with ATS. So how do you gain experience or learn the applicant tracking systems while still looking for jobs? Like if you're out of college and you have never used this ATF. I think start by going to their websites and downloading their resource guides or even any type of demo materials that you can. Uh, do your research at, at the least, right? That is, a, that is a challenging thing. I think when I was an agency as well, um, and again, I spent four years uh, at Century Group, my first firm, um, when I wanted to make the move in-house, I didn't have a direct applicant tracking system experience. And uh, it, sometimes I thought that would be a big showstopper. At the end of the day, they're not terribly challenging to learn. Um, and there might be some type of training programs for it as well, but you can always download the product guides, uh, look at the demos, look at the videos. And most importantly, uh, regardless of which ATS or applicant tracking system you're using, there's gonna be similar terminology and verbiage. So make sure you're absolutely comfortable and knowledgeable on those things um, and really understand what comprises an applicant tracking system, right? Um, I think doing that can help. 
And, you know, when you're writing a cover letter, you can describe those initiatives that you've taken, or if you're able to get a conversation, if you can showcase, you understand the concepts and methodologies in place uh, from the software side, I think that'll be really helpful. Perfect. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Thank you. Hi, Dave. Thank you so much for speaking with us. Um, I noticed that we went to the same university. I saw your LinkedIn. I'm also a Highlander as well. <laughs> um, so, yeah, your Highlanders, definitely. So the question I have, so you mentioned that you had, um, yeah, in, in, your, in your career that you had, I mean, a lot of different opportunities of sourcing massive lists of candidates, thousands of them even per month. What are some tips, tricks, and tools that you've used in order to effectively and efficiently generate a large list of candidates or, of, or leads. Yeah, absolutely. And one thing I want to say, uh, we are uh, college alumni, but that can actually be a bias in the interview process, as you may or may not know. Uh, oh. <laughs> liking to wow. Canada because they went to the same university. I just had to put it out. Ah. <laughs> yeah. Which we all do. A lot of people do. It's common, right? But uh, that is very true, actually. Highlanders <laughs> for sure. Um, wow. To answer your question, um, you need to have a diversified sourcing strategy, right? Um, and really, like, the more things you can do to kind of attack it from different ways and create that, uh, the more diverse your results are going to be as well. Um, I don't want to give all my secrets away uh, on this call, but, you know, one thing I was able to do um, last year or the year before was, uh, you know, utilize Handshake, uh, which is really amazing, right? Uh, everybody is... Is, is on there from their college alumni um, and recent graduates. So uh, looking for our sales development representative team, we hired uh, nearly 50 uh, sales development representatives in about a year and a half in a 300 person company. Uh, so it was looking nationwide, um, you know, and had postings nationwide and having lots of conversations there and then doing university recruiting as well and through network. Mm. Uh, but yeah, I tried to create some automated tools, kind of uh, some marketing technologies to extrapolate all the information from the resumes on Handshake. And nice. it was very useful. And then used Eightfold, which was able to then go through uh, those resumes and kind of search for the keywords that I was looking for. So and, and artificial intelligence to help remove bias from the selection process. So that was kind of a unique thing that I tried out uh, in the last couple of years. Nice. Thank you so much. Yeah, LinkedIn Recruiter can only get you so far. <laughs> recruiter is very tedious, but uh, <laughs> good friend. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Thank you. Anyone else have a question? Yeah, hi. My name is Daniel. I had a question. And just in terms of, I know LinkedIn is very popular in terms of uh, applying to jobs and whatnot, but at least personally for you, like what, um, what other websites do you use other than like uh, LinkedIn to like look for candidates? To look for candidates, uh, you know, I'll, I'll supplement with AngelList, um, Glassdoor, and Indeed. But I really do feel like this this question comes up a lot, even when I'm interviewing for opportunities or discussing mm -hmm. recruiting strategies with other candidates. The majority of us are on LinkedIn these days, right? Um, and if you're not, that means you're stealth and don't really want to be contacted. And in that case, there are some other ways to, to look for stealth talent, right? If you're getting to the engineering side of things with like Stack Overflow and things like that. But yeah. I, I'm a big believer. LinkedIn is a professional system. If you are taking your time to find the right candidates um, and reaching out to them for the right reasons versus spamming um, and utilize the tool, how it's supposed to be used, I think it has great, uh, you know, great outcomes there. So I'm, I'm still a firm believer in that. That is definitely my primary go-to tool. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you.
Who's next? Great questions, by the way. I know there's got to be some more. If you have any questions, please do ask. My name is Nicole. I have a question for you. Um, how does a recruiter navigate the timing of offers and then keeping other candidates as backups, but like not keeping them waiting too long? I just feel like that's a that's tricky. Absolutely tricky. Nobody likes to hear that they're not their top choice um, or they're a backup or, you know, it, it's just, it's always a tough conversation. Uh, there's two ways to go about it. You can be transparent and just be open that, you know, we are being selective in our hiring and there are other candidates in the process. I think that's the best way to do it. Be transparent with everybody and set expectations. I think having parameters about when you're going to make a decision um, encouraging, you know, your, your hiring managers or your, or your customers depending on, on um, your position or where you're at in recruiting to, to be cognizant and respective of candidates time. Right. Um, and effective communication. And, you know, you want to have, make sure every candidate and hiring manager has a great experience. Um, and we're all humans at the end of the day too, right. Especially in a challenging time like this. So most, uh, most important thing is keep open communication. It can be really challenging when you get really busy to, to continue to have really a detailed outlook, but right. it's important. That's a great question, though. and it, it does happen um, more times than not. It, it does happen, but I think just setting expectations and timelines is, is your best friend there. And with the candidates that you do um, give an offer to, do you say like, okay, we need to know by Friday? Do you give them like a timeline in order, you know, to respect other candidates' time? Definitely. So. Best hiring practices, um, you know, obviously extending a, a verbal offer um, alongside a written offer and putting an expiration date, typically three to five days. And, and I encourage candidates if they need more time to communicate that, right? But, you know, in this market, prior to the pandemic, you know, top talent could easily receive three offers in a week, right? So yeah. I think I can kind of relate that back to that. Um, you know, understanding the motivations a candidate has in their job search. And if it really is the right opportunity, it's going to work itself out, right? Um, but that does happen often as well. But I think it's calibrating with the candidate and the hiring management to make sure you're efficient. So when you get to that process, what about extending an offer and, and have a high uh, offer to ratio? That's really important. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I had a quick question. So you mentioned that you used to do 100% commission. Can you elaborate a little bit on how that um, works? Yeah, so the contingent recruiting model is based upon, you know, you sign an agreement with a customer or a client. Uh, they're able to interview and see your best talents and they only pay a fee if they hire that candidate. So the contingent model is very common. Um, and another one is, you know, if it's a retained search, right? But this is for like full-time direct hire placements and, and the firm charges a fee anywhere from 20% to 25%, even up to like 30% of the candidate's first year base salary, uh, which is due typically within 15 to 30 days of that company hiring. So it can be quite expensive um, and you only get paid uh, if they hire your candidate. So it can be a very grindful process, but uh, I learned a lot in doing that, right? You, you, you need to be efficient, uh, really understand you know, what the customer is looking for and what the candidate is looking for, and then really have your uh, sourcing strategy in place and, uh, and have your metrics there right by your side to, to keep yourself accountable. Thank you. 
if any uh who, anyone uh all right hey zizi Hey Dave, uh, my name is Zizi. Um, I had a quick question for you. When you're interviewing candidates and um, say um, the candidates all have similar backgrounds and they're qualified for the job, then how do you guys go about deciding on which candidate to uh, make the offer to? That's a great question, Zizi. Uh, you know, when, when opening for a new position and um, having an interview team, whether you know the interview team is experienced in hiring or they're new to hiring, having a very consistent interview process where everybody is objectively uh, focusing on questions and answers and documentation of that is really important. Um, and everybody having their own independent opinion, right? Submitting their evaluations without discussing as a group. It varies from company to company, but I really um, enjoy everybody uh, providing their input as their own unique of individual, and then debriefing with the hiring manager uh, after the interview has taken place once all the feedback has come back. And then if need be having a group conversation because uh, you know, you'll have a lot of people who are interviewing and evaluating on things uh, where a lot of times people are actually uh, evaluating on how well a candidate's interviewing versus do they have the right qualifications to actually do uh, the job based on the job description. So it all comes back again to that job description and calibrating with hiring managers and then removing bias in the interview process to ensure that you're, uh, you're moving forward through things efficiently and uh, effectively and also uh, ethically as well. Thank you. Um, and then like to follow up on that, as a candidate, what would you say are like um, criteria that really make the candidate shine from the rest of the pool during the interview? Some of the things I look for are, you know, personalized follow-up, um, you know, intelligent questions, definitely the human element as well. Um, people who can, can show a little bit of creative and uh, technical at the same time, um, and who are thoughtful, who've done their research. Um, I think there's times where uh, it's such an amazing job market not too long ago where, where we're able to apply uh, to 50 positions from our cell phone in an hour where uh, once upon a time you actually had to print a resume out and put it in the mail and mail it to a company to get hired. So times have changed. Uh, I think follow-ups go a long way. And um, you know, people who are open-minded as well, who understand the long run aspect, it, it, you know, regardless of the outcome, to, to keep an open mind. I think that's the, the thing that I value most and uh, just being kind and genuine as well. Thank you. Thank you. Dave, going off, picking back and on off of that, going off candidates, what is your thought on self-branding? We hear self-branding has become such a popular topic in today's world, you know, like making yourself into a brand, marketing yourself into a brand. What is your take on that? I'm all about it. Uh, so my branding, I'm the head hunting drummer. Uh, I've been a drummer for over 20 years and, uh, you know, started performing on the Sunset Strip when I was 16 and uh, before CDs were even out and cell phones were even out. So, uh, you know, I'm a musician and I'm a recruiter and uh, people who know me know that uh, I really enjoy drumming and I really enjoy recruiting. So, yeah, you got to find what your thing is and break through the noise, whatever that might be. Right. And Carlos, on that note, too, you've got quite the unique backgrounds. Uh, and done some amazing things. I'd love to hear a, bit, a little bit about you. And I don't know if your whole team knows everything about you, but I'd love to hear your story and what brought you uh, to, to the unicorns. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. Whenever you want to have a Zoom coffee chat, 
I'm down for it. We can have a little talk and, and then we can definitely di- deep, dive deep into my little, uh, my little background of uniform service, as I call it. <laughs> I would absolutely love that. That sounds great. Yeah. But I think, yeah, self-branding is good to an extent, right? You don't want to overdo it. Um, but you got to find your passion and what, what makes you unique at the end of the day, like hopefully uh, all of you who are on this call will, will remember me. I have my unicorn backdrop here. I'm, I'm openly sharing with you, trying to be as human as possible, especially we're doing a pandemic. And uh, I'm also, you know, be happy to be a resource to anybody to, to the capability that I can. Right. Um, and kind of taking that with you as well. Like how can you, uh, how can you make sure people remember you in a good way? And we appreciate you take, honestly the time uh, that you're taking to, you know, answer our questions and also being available for us in the future. I'm sure we, we should all take advantage of that and be able to talk to Dave and, and, and poke his head because uh, poke his brain, because honestly, he has so much knowledge that I'm sure that we just touched just the tip of, you know, the iceberg uh, in, in this conversation. Uh, we have time for maybe one or two questions so if anyone else has um, a question please feel free to ask away now or forever hold your peace well they can always reach out afterwards as well but uh you know and we could say the tip of the unicorn horn versus the tip of the iceberg right (laughs) yes yes yeah i would love a couple more questions absolutely Hey Dave, uh, this is uh, Chris again, uh, Chris Johnny. Uh, I have a, a kind of a personal question. Um, so I was able to find a position that I'm super excited and interested in. And uh, also I happen to know the hiring manager and the recruiter's contact. Do you think it would be a good idea to reach out to them uh, before applying for the position or directly sending my resume to them? How well do you know the recruiter and the hiring manager at this company? I don't know them well, but my husband works for the company. So he was, he was the one who found out the, their contact information. If your husband is an employee at the company, um, there's a couple ways to go about it. I would recommend looking to see what the employee referral program is at the company. And HR should have a process of submitting um, um, uh, candidates for consideration. Um, So yeah, get a copy of a resume, find out uh, if there's a referral program and submit it that way. It'll funnel its way to HR. Um, And then if there's interest, they would reach out to you. And then you could also follow up with with a personalized note to either the recruiter or the hiring manager, probably the recruiter, I would say, uh, and just let them know that, you know, um, I submitted my application here and I would love to have a conversation and uh, see how it goes. Some companies vary about um, hiring uh, significant others at at the organization. Um, It varies there. So obviously uh, try to find out if there's a policy in place for that too. But I think just follow, um, follow a chain of command there. Um, and see if there's any process in place. If there is no process, uh, I would say go ahead and direct message that recruiter and uh, you have nothing to lose at the end of the day. All right. Thank you so much. Got it. All right. Well, if no one has any further questions, I want to dedicate this time for Dave. You can plug in whatever you need to say. Tell us how to reach you. Tell us about, you know, what you have available at Amitza. What are you looking for? The floor is yours. Absolutely. So, yeah, I definitely uh, feel free to add me on LinkedIn. Um, and if need be too, I, if you want to have a, a personalized conversation, I'd be happy to make some time for each and every one of you. 
I don't want to overextend myself too much because I am pretty busy right now, but uh, it's a unique opportunity to network and, uh, and anything I can do to, to add value here, I'd be happy to do so. Um, right now, I think the positions that we have available, I'm hiring for, for probably three sales development representatives. And uh, ideally, we want some experience getting on the phones. Um, but, you know, whether it's our company or another company, I'd be happy to try to make introductions uh, and see of any other employers that I, I have uh, connections at or I can make introductions there too. But that's the most uh, priority hire. Um, I will be looking for a recruiting intern as well, uh, hopefully, and it might be anywhere from 30 to 60 to 90 days. And again, that's kind of contingent upon the, the pandemic that was unforeseen here. But uh, I could use some direct help and I think it would be a great learning opportunity. Um, to work hands-on and lever, uh, learn some things with sourcing and LinkedIn, and then also work on a candidate and hiring manager experience as well. So, and I hope uh, I hope we take advantage of that. I want to thank you for taking the time once again for spending uh, your. I know I'm sure you're you're super super busy, but taking the time out of your day to come and and answer our questions. Uh, I'm going to end it here. This is uh, Carlos again with Talking to Unicorns. Thank you again for, uh, to Dave uh, for honestly answering all these questions with the experience that you have. I've learned a lot. I'm sure everyone else has here as well. And, uh, and I hope we can, yeah, we can definitely set up something uh, in the future. And then we can have, a, if this pandemic is over, we can have a, a nice little chit chat over uh, coffee and talk about drumming too and talk about paradiddles and 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 all that so you're talking to a middle school drum corps player here <laughs> there it is. There it is. carlos and team thank you so much for having me today and jenny thank you for reaching out to me on linkedin as well um really uh really been a pleasure to be here today and again look forward to uh hearing from all of you thank you dave thank you so much for your time that was great everybody have a great evening and stay safe Bye. thanks dave yeah. take care man thank you Bye. Take care. thank you